Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and no, it doesn't. Case in point, we have the best Marvel television program back at us again for Loki Season 2, the two-year wait of Disney Plus's most anticipated show. And I guess it's not your favorite. You like WandaVision more? For now, but who knows? Oh, okay. But yeah, so so you're still I mean, giving w- it the benefit of the doubt. WandaVision is a limited series, so correct. It, it both so makes it is... hard to dethrone, but it also yeah. means that it can't gain any more uh, ground. Yes. Something great could come up in right. Loki that surpasses WandaVision because they're still making content. Exactly, is what you're saying. Um, so this is also the first time in the history of the podcast where we have uh, we have to rate a show that has a second season. So do we rate the second season independent of the first, or do we average this with the first one's rating? I think we do the season separately, like as if it's a sequel to a movie. Okay, so call it Loki Season 2. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, the only way. I... So on Letterboxd, which is the we have to have a Letterbox segment also in a second because you have not been using yours. And no, it's well, I haven't. I haven't been seeing that many movies. So. You've been watching enough. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we need to. I was Letterbox doesn't do t- TV shows, but for whatever reason, they've done all the Marvel stuff. Like, hmm. I guess they know it'll get. Or people make them and people log them like they're just very, extremely popular right so the app doesn't delete them whereas if you add like a season of modern family the app will immediately delete it huh um so they have not added loki season two they have just added the cast um like obi mm-hmm. uh, he is now part of the loki season one yeah uh edition gotcha. so I am going to have to treat it as one cohesive unit on Letterbox, which is where I have my entire ranking of all of the Marvel stuff. I will say we haven't watched, you know, the whole season yet, but I imagine that won't yeah. be a problem. This feels like a a natural continuation from where yes. it's left off. Yes. Not spoiling too much, but I'll, you know. Well, we're going to get into spoilers. So we will. People need to get used to it. This is also fun fact. I just read about this. This is the first Marvel project period that did not require any reshoots. Hmm. Whereas Secret Invasion required probably a hundred reshoots. Yeah. And also Secret Invasion cost 80 million more than this. So they had a plan from season one to get to season two and it executed it flawlessly. I am. And I think we've seen the weakest of the episodes so far. I think it's only going to get better. Yeah, well, I mean, I think even episode two is really good. I mean, I'm just, okay. I it's, I'm genuinely excited to yes. have seen these two episodes and just been like, ah, this is what <laughs> Marvel content has been before. Like it has been yes. at this level, and it hasn't yes. in a while. Like, correct. It was uh, so just watching that first episode and being like, whoa, 
Like this has interest. I okay. We we need to wait. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just. I know. I know. I know. We're we're let's. Uh, we we're talking about Marvel way too soon on this Marvel podcast. Yeah. We have so much other. Uh, just let me foreshadow well, that I, I know. We're excited we're to excited. talk about it. Yeah. All right. So uh, as of this recording, the writer strike has ended. Mm-hmm. Um, Go writers! I, they did it. The, yes, they did it. Congratulations! You got everything you earned. They got a good deal, from what I can tell. Um, now the actors were waiting for them to get, uh, paid. They apparently, the studio or the producers or Ted Sarandos and what have you, uh, walked away from negotiations after they wanted 2% of residuals for, uh, international streaming, um, Mm. which costs the streaming services less than 57 cents per annual user. Seems like, you know, you can get rid of that chunk of change if you're a billion-dollar corporation. You'd think. <laughs> um, but, we're so, yeah, we're still uh, rooting for the actors. But in the meantime, the writers got a great deal. Um, and I sent you the link to the Daredevil program. Because uh, there were four episodes, or they had recorded, or filmed a good chunk of the first half of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. So now that this writer's thing uh, has happened... Uh, each Marvel show, Disney Plus is now going to make the format for these things like Loki. So we're not going to get any more WandaVisions, no more Secret Invasions. We'll still get the one-off specials, I imagine, like once or twice a year. Um, The Guardians Christmas special or Werewolf by Night. Um, But it seems what was happening was, uh, let's see, in 2021... We had seven Marvel projects. So we had WandaVision, Loki, Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And they had a lot of production delay and time to fix out the kinks of some of those with COVID and all that, a year and a half off. Uh, And then the following year, you have like eight projects. And at some point, I'm not sure how much Kevin Feige has to do with this, but he is delegating responsibilities because he now, instead of three projects a year, has 14 or whatever crazy number. So you have like five TV shows, you have three or four movies. Uh, It got crazy. And apparently Secret Invasion was run by just some random studio exec who was just checking boxes uh, and just saying like, hey, yeah... You know, this this is fine. Like, this is the Marvel formula. We'll get people to watch it. So now, with as part of the writer's strike agreement, a showrunner is considered a writer, and every Marvel program will have a showrunner who creates the pilot and makes a show bible that will have the trajectory of where the show's beginning, middle, and end will be. Which is basically what they've done with Loki, which is their one, like, you know, guaranteed success story. Yeah, it feels weird that it needed a writer strike to make that happen that just seems like common sense that you would do that but like that it doesn't even feel like they did that for star wars so i guess why would they do that for secret invasion yeah they secret invasion costs so much money it i'm excited to rewatch it just so i can because knowing what i know now like uh there's probably some fascinating stuff in there at least it wasn't boring like ant-man and the wasp the problem with doing something like an mcu is that you're always burdened with your old content even when it sucks. Yeah. It's kind of well, the same you, problem World of Warcraft has. <laughs> but you can also make it like you have the old Thor movies and then you get Ragnarok and you just build off mediocrity and you get something great. 
That's so true. So I think it's I think if you're a really good writer, you can like okay, here's what we're done. Let's do a soft reboot and fix everything. Like, but use what we had and make it and build off of it to make it better. We don't have to start from scratch. If you start from scratch, it kind of annoys people sometimes. Yeah, I wish they could just like write stuff out sometimes, but I mean you can't. Like you can't, can't yeah. just go to tell people it's like Quantum Mania is actually just out. <laughs> Just pretend that one didn't happen, and Scott Lang is back where he was at the end yeah. of. Uh, See, but I I like Quantum Mania. I think you keep that one. We did an episode uh, where we said the essential projects. Maybe we should do the unessential projects. Well, and that episode hasn't been released, so we'll have oh, to okay. uh, still still editing in the uh, the, the two month editing window. Yeah, or we might have to revisit <laughs> it or something. I'm not sure what we're gonna do with that. Yeah, I mean. It was also, I realized after we recorded it, like, we're trying to convince people to watch these movies, and we're also spoiling all of them simultaneously yeah. by saying, like, the reasons for why we should do it. Yeah. Uh, but you you posted the Birthday Brewery Crawl episode, which was the, you know, the most important. Yep. Of the two we recorded at that time. No, it was, was fun, fun to listen back to. It was funny that the very first place was the only one that really had bad audio, I would say. Like, cause that's that, that one was, there's this, a big air conditioner right where we were. Yeah. Went. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise I thought everything sounded relatively clear. I mean, noisy cause it's a brewery crawl, but not like <laughs> yeah. there was no like, you know, ambulances yeah. or helicopters or whatever. I haven't uh, listened back to it yet. So I, I'm going to do that at some point. Yeah. I mean, I it's to chaotic to no, be sure. sure, but that's, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know. I think this should be an annual thing, assuming you uh, you all make the trek yeah. for the brewery crawl every year. I'm all for it. Um, great. Uh, okay, so we were talking uh, Marvel shows, um, Daredevil. They filmed a good portion. Well, not. I mean, they filmed like maybe 10% of it. They're scrapping everything. They are starting from scratch with this new system. Apparently, it was too much of a courtroom drama. And Kevin Feige said... This is not going to go over well with fans. However, what they described sounded like something I would enjoy. Because hmm. we have seen the Netflix Daredevil show, which I love and you do not love. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I haven't given it too much of a chance, but I suspect that I would not like it. Uh, so this new program was uh, Matt Murdock Daredevil uh, has given up being Daredevil at the start of this. And he is a full-time lawyer for the first three episodes he doesn't even put on the suit he's just doing lawyer stuff which you're a lawyer now uh i guess yeah. we can segue into uh the law corner but, well um, i was just gonna say you know what's funny is that in the first saga of marvel everyone yes. was scientists you couldn't mm-hmm. look without landing your eyes on a scientist hulk was a sure. scientist tony's a scientist just all scientists well, tony's everywhere. a billionaire philanthropist playboy but he's definitely a scientist <laughs> Uh, I guess he spends Maybe. he spends a lot of time moving around windows with his magic, uh, software stuff. Okay, sure. He's a Thor. little sci- Thor comes from a place where magic and science are the yep. same. Yep. Um, Captain America, maybe the biggest scientist. Maybe the, the only six. non-scientist. Hawkeye can't be a scientist. He's a gravity scientist. <laughs> gravity, also known as a physicist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's your point for part two of Marvel? They're all lawyers now. Yeah. It's just She-Hulk and Matt Murdock. That's a lot of lawyyers just for, (laughs) there's zero accountants. So as professions go, it's (laughs) overrepresented. That's, I guess, true. 
Um, we'll do Lock Warner in a second. But uh, first, so the uh, first three episodes was Wilson Fisk is also, uh, Kingpin, has ascended to mayor of New York City and is condemning uh, street-level vigilantes like Spider-Man and Daredevil. Uh, making it hard for them to exist. And meanwhile, uh, corrupt cops have started using the Punisher logo uh, inappropriately and taking the law into their own hands, and the Punisher is going around killing dirty cops. Uh, All of that sounds really cool to me, and I would have enjoyed to see this version of the show. Um, I know that they have some bad vibes with the streamers, and especially since Disney Plus is doubling my annual fee as of really yeah they them and hulu are increasing so when i first got disney plus it was 70 dollars a year and then covid happened so they didn't release half the stuff they promised to mm-hmm. release in that first year um then year two it goes up ten dollars so it's 80 dollars a year uh now they're upping it to 140 dollars a year Jeez, and they have given me i mean it's the promise of what's to come that i can't get rid of it plus i rewatch this shit all the time yeah uh so i kind of just need it but other than the marvel stuff i just occasionally watch the simpsons like it's just this very expensive thing and then hulu you know it's it's now 18 dollars a month and that has all of fraser so that's worth every penny obviously well are we going to talk about that new fraser have you watched it i have not watched a second i mean i've seen ads for it i know let's should we do a fraser corner I'll say this about it. This is a a positive thing is I had no idea what the premise was going to be, but the, so the premise is that he's going back to Boston to be near Freddie. Yes. Which is an excuse to get a new cast and stuff. I actually think that's a pretty good reason to have him move. Uh, okay. I also like the idea of him revisiting Boston, but what I don't like is that I don't see any cheers stuff. Like I'm not, I don't don't think it should be cheers again, but I think, you need at least one other person in there, you know, periodically. Like maybe That's not even in a Niles role, but like in a bulldog role. I want someone reoccurring from Cheers. It's, uh, there's not going to be anyone from Cheers because it's a Frasier reboot. That's the frustrating thing to me about him moving back to Boston. Yeah. Instead of like, because at the end of Frasier, he goes to Chicago to chase that girl. Which it apparently didn't work out, but that I didn't want to know that. I wanted it to be left up in the air, undecided. Like he goes to Chicago. That's the essence of his character. Yeah. The hopeless romantic. He just chases after these things that may or may not work. Uh also the writing for this is just someone described it as they got like C plus writers or something. Like because the writing in Frasier is the sharpest sitcom writing, maybe aside from arrested development. Yeah, I saw but it, a headline. That said, review of Frasier. Frasier returns, tossed, scrambled, and eggs excruciating. <laughs> oh, no. <Yeah. laughs> the review roasted him harder than the writers did. That's like a cl- more clever review than uh, anything in this new show, apparently. I Maybe, yeah. should we just like, I don't know, visit and binge a season yeah. when it's over? Like six weeks from now? Yeah, I saw that... Um... Or so, Ellie saw that there was one positive review out of the handful one. that she scrolled through, <laughs> and that one yeah. basically said after the first few episodes, it actually starts to pick up. So, it, okay. it, most of the reviews I assume are based on the first two episodes because I think that's what's out. Because um, Roz does show up at some point, 
That's the only character from Frasier who will attend. Yeah. It's just, I I mean, I guess, you know, maybe this cast could end up gelling. Like, because right now it's called Frasier and the only person you have is Frasier, which is frustrating because even though it was named after him, the show was not (laughs) actually just him. No, he had a very strong supporting cast with him. I wonder if they could have called this something else that would have made it more palatable. Like, I mean, it's weird because you you still have Frasier at the center of it. Yeah, exactly. How do you call it something? If Frasier was called something different, like Seattle High Life or something Frasier should have been called The Cranes. Then this could be Frasier. I mean, no one would have watched it if it had been called The Cranes. But I'm saying, like, (laughs) thematically, that's what the show was. I mean, it is shocking that Frasier went on for 11 seasons after Cheers also went on for 11 seasons. And did you read, like, this is deep in our Frasier binging days, but, like, I was doing deep research on everything. And apparently they did some survey with the public who watched Cheers. And they're like, who do you want to see a spinoff show of? Because this has gone on for 11 years and we want to try and, you know, keep it going. Uh, And... Ted Danson was like 20% of people said, let's see a Sam show or whatever, which sounds like cheers. I don't want to watch that shit. Yeah. (laughs) That's the same. What is he open a new bar in a different place? He goes Uh, back to baseball now in his (laughs) forties. He could be like a coach. Yeah. Frazier got 1% of the votes. 1%. Yeah. And then they made a show with him, went on for 11 seasons that I love significantly more than cheers, but not even close. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people prefer Cheers, and I think it's a very good television program. Even though Hulu only has the first four seasons. What the hell is that? Hmm. Paying Hulu $18 a month, and they can only give me the first four. I mean, I love Cheers. I might like Cheers more than Frasier. No, but... you don't. Stop lying. No, it's, it's a really good cast. I Actually, I heard something about this. So is Frasier. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but it's a little different, because the thing that's so nice about Cheers... So I I watched this thing, I can't remember what it was, but it's basically the idea of in America there used to be like a third place that a lot of people would congregate with. So you'd have your first place, which is your home, your second place, which is your work, and then there'd be a third place where you'd go to socialize. For a lot of people, that'd be like a church, but you know, for some people it'd be a bar. And it was basically like the thesis of whatever this, I guess it was probably a video essay, was that Cheers sure. was like a pseudo third place. Like it's a, a place you can go to kind of feel oh. like a social environment, even though it's on sure. television and you can't otherwise. But basically the video was more just about lamenting the fact that those spaces exist less now than they kind of ever have. But Cheers... Was it like a does COVID have, video essay? Uh, I, like, I mean, I think they're I mean, talking... Bars are still a thing now. Yeah, but I think they're talking about like the like a longer term trend just away from those kind of places in general. Like you're talking about one central place that people keep going. Yeah, like for instance, I okay. I mean, there are people who have regular bars and have friends that they meet up with at those bars a lot. Yeah. But I think that's less common than it used to be because sure. drinking culture has just also changed. It's just a lot of yeah. people are spending more time only at work and at home. Yeah. than they used Which, to. I yeah, uh, I mean I do spend a good amount of time, probably seven days a week, at my movie theater because even on days off I'm watching movies. Well, and so um, and so that's why I'd say I like about Cheers is it does have that that vibe of it's a, it's a place where you go where there's no like no real stakes, like there's interpersonal relationships between the characters, but even other than Sam and Diane, those tend yeah. to be pretty low stakes, even just socially. 
Like, so it's sure. just kind of people hanging out. Yeah. Whereas I... Frazier, he's doing more stuff. Like, he's hanging out less. I mean, less social stuff. It's kind of the office versus Parks and Rec debacle, because you prefer Parks and Rec. Because yes. when you watch it, you feel, I think, similar to what you're saying here. Like, you're hanging out with your family or your close group of friends. Mm -hmm. Whereas The Office is, I think, a much stronger comedy. Um, but it is a bit cold, because you're, the characters, in some regards, don't like each other. And then toward the end kind of becomes a mess where they're like all best friends and Michael leaves. And, you know, I don't count the last two seasons of The Office as canon. Yeah, I mean, that's a trade-off I guess I'll take is like you because you do lower your comedic possibilities when you have to have characters that aren't willing, you know, that care about each other more. Like the more yes. outrageous your characters are and the more callous they can be to each other, the funnier they can be yeah. to an extent. I think uh, yes. shows like uh, South Park and uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia have kind yes. of reached a plateau of like how outrageous can you be yeah and then i will say this new it's always sunny season was probably the best in like five or six years yeah i, I haven't watched it's, in a long time it's very good well yeah i mean there's there's some good episodes each season but it kind of feels like the simpsons where you're finding a diamond in the rough mm -hmm. where it used to be everyone was comedy gold right the thing to set your your comedy standards by but it, frazier is just like I've been it's been my fall asleep show like I just watch it and kind of drift off because it's so comfortable and hilarious and then I kind of I've done all my go-to's like The Simpsons and Futurama and uh, How I Met Your Mother and there's another one in there it's, oh Scrubs is Futurama streaming on anything it's on Hulu uh. which is the same password to my Disney Plus if you would like to use my Hulu <laughs> I better Andy. get some use out of it because I'm pr <laughs> the prices are being raised yeah. in both categories. Now, I was thinking about Futurama recently as a show that I thoroughly enjoyed back in the day but have not seen an episode of in a long time. Oh, well, log into Hulu. Same login yeah. credentials. Uh, and now that you're... How long have you been logged out of my Disney Plus? You just you asked for my credentials last night, twelve hours before we recorded this. Yeah, I don't know because it, it and it never even actually got to the login page. It just spun around mm -hmm. forever. So I don't know even know if it was if it was just like a problem with the app because it didn't even get to the point where it didn't let me log in. But that's neither sure. here nor there because I did end up watching it. That's good. This is the first one in a while, and all I it took was them making good content. <laughs> um. What, okay, so let's do Law Corner briefly. You're a lawyer. Congratulations. Yeah, pass uh, the ball. Describe, describe the... Uh, and th thank God you have a wife now, because now I just know all of these things that you would <laughs> otherwise take me two months to yeah. you know, tell me. So what uh, were you camping out by the mailbox waiting for your letter? So how did, you, how did it happen? So me and Seth were actually playing World of Warcraft that morning. Okay. Uh, and... Because they said it would be out at 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, this will distract me. And there's this new version sure. of World of Warcraft where if you die, you die permanently. So I was like, oh, I, I, I want to try that out. So me and Seth were doing <laughs> that. Uh, and then uh, like at 10 a.m., Ellie was out running an errand and then called me. I was like, hey, they released the list. You, you passed. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> How did she, did she need a login or whatever? No, or? no, they, they post a public list of everyone in Tennessee who passed. 
but they said wow. they were going to do it at three. And so I just figured I wouldn't yeah. check. Like I wasn't going to sit there refreshing it. But I yeah, guess yeah, yeah. Ellie saw something uh, like on. Maybe Ellie was refreshing it. Maybe yeah. she was excited. Yeah. So I found out before I was even had a chance to like, I could definitely tell my anxiety was building like, uh, I mean, I felt sure. pretty strongly that I had passed, but still there's always like that yeah, you, lingering chance that you don't. It was pretty obvious that you were going to pass. But, it, you know, then... And now you never have to study for the bar again. No, which is nice. I mean, unless I... Well, you move, that would be... But even then, a lot God, of jurisdictions you can just transfer your score to. I think it's only if they have their own bar that you would have to retake. Do you know what states those are? Like California. What states you can't... You can't move to California unless I want to retake the bar. Actually, there was this woman who was, uh, she was like a New York lawyer. She became the Dean of Stanford. And then she left her role as Dean to just go back into private practice to do who knows what, but anyway, she had to take the bar and failed it in California after being the Dean of Stanford law. (laughs) Wow. So it just goes to show you can fail the bar, even if you're, a uh, pretty good lawyer. But that's the California bar. Yeah. Well, Dean of Stanford, how much law are you practicing daily? Yeah, she exactly. Not very study. much. Yeah. Yeah. And she probably that thought, seems... she probably was a little too comfortable. Like, I'm a great yeah. lawyer. I've been lauded yeah. by everyone. What, I'm going to study for the bar? <laughs> yeah. No, everything you just said makes sense. I don't think that's that shocking. I, but it's, I, it, the thing that's shocking about it, I think, is just that, uh, a lot of the times it gets built up as almost like an intelligence test or something like people who fail feel like they've like weren't smart enough to get it, but it's clearly just a test Mm -hmm. of preparation. Yeah. So, which, uh, you did a lot of. Yep. Despite having my wedding 10 days before. (laughs) (laughs) What is your, uh, your plan for becoming, uh, a, a Saul Goodman type? Oh, you know, just sending out applications. So you're just still in the the chilling, playing permadeath. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sick. And then once cool. I die, I'll be a lawyer. <laughs> um. Very cool. Congratulations. Um. So does this mean? I guess this is a good segue. That means you still have. Uh, you bought Regal Movie Pass or whatever. Yes. So you've been watching some movies. I have not quite as many and as not I'd like. Logging them in Letterbox. Yeah. There's there's a couple out right now that I think I'm going to try to go see. One that I saw uh, was the... How do you know this? How do you know this without your letterbox? <laughs> One that I saw was the re-release of The Talking Stop Heads. Stop making sense. Yes. Did you watch oh, that? Yeah. I sure did with my father. That was amazing. I, I was yeah, so was impressed by that. Had you seen it before? Uh, I'd seen... A lot of the songs individually, just like that were posted okay. to YouTube or something, but never so in never that s- environment. Yeah, no, it rules in full sequence. Yeah. And the 4K looked great. The sound design was ma- amazing. I watched it in the big theater with 7.1 surround sound. Yeah, just uh, like the video work is great. It's so good. Like, just like when you're really close on them and the intensity, the. Well, you know, dancing to cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. I was talking to my dad during the screening, and he's. Uh, I was like, "How much cocaine do you think they did?" He's like, "I don't think they did any." Was, Are you insane? <laughs> he's running around in circles right now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. And that that happened immediately after he had said he's running around the stage for no reason. Yeah. He's clearly and all the on dancing. Cocaine. Like they're so sweaty. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's it's great. Um, and you know, uh, Jonathan Demi during uh the director of silence of the lambs made that 
Oh. He's Interesting. A notable director and he just you know wanted to do he thought the talking heads were blowing up david burns like i have this idea for a very unique like theatrical kind of experience and they filmed it over three nights Mm -hmm. and edited it all together because it's the same set each night and it fucking rules it's the best concert film ever made sorry eras tour yeah you're gonna go see that i kind of want to just because Mm -hmm. i want to understand the phenomenon more I think we're too old. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'd, I'd get it, get it, but I think I could be, yeah. if I was in an environment where a bunch of people were really excited about it, I mean, it's kind of like sure. going to a Marvel film opening night with a yeah. group of a bunch of, like, nerds, like the guy who's going to yell when Spider-Man dies. <laughs> yeah. Like, that does, it does elevate it. Like, I, I like being in a crowd sure. of excited people. Like, uh, yeah, went to a Tennessee uh, game, and that was a lot of fun, just because the intensity of like a diehard group of sec a hundred thousand sec fans going nuts over football it's just a hundred thousand that's a massive stadium yeah it was one of the biggest in america when it was built like it's uh i think most of the biggest stadiums in america are college football stadiums well i mean college gets a lot of money yeah but and and filtering in neeland is was one of the first ones over a hundred thousand which is their stadiums that's wild uh, and you saw Guns N' Roses. Yes. You, the devout Guns N' Roses fan. Yeah. that Perhaps likes them the least of everyone in our crew except for Alex? And I was, I mean, I was pretty impressed. It's always interesting, yeah. like, you hear the opener. Who is... What was, who is the opener? I don't even remember. It was something like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Runs and Gozas? It, but it was a band very much trying to go after that style. Yeah. But their well, sound was so much anymore. worse. It was tinny. Well, because you have all Guns N' Roses shit on stage. Yeah. And they're like, bring out your tiny amps because we can't fit anything else. Yeah. So that is like the going from them to Guns N' Roses. It was like, okay, this yeah. is this is not, a much better best. experience than whatever that band was. And like, you know, Guns N' Roses stuff can seem kind of schlocky. But again, contrasted with that kind of stuff where it's just like, this is my big arena rock song that is immediately forgettable because it's I'm trying too hard to make an arena rock song or something. Yeah. Guns N' Roses you, actually has good songs. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they kind of cornered that market a bit. Um, and all the bands who have gone on to inspire them... Uh, Remember in our history of rock class where we met, um, our professor, like someone asked at the end of the semester, like he did, um, he did, what do you, what do you think I should do to enhance the course or whatever? And one of the kids said, uh, why don't you add Guns N' Roses to the curriculum? He's like, why the fuck would I do that? (laughs) Who have they gone on to inspire? And then you think about it and all the bands they have inspired are just Guns N' Roses ripoffs. Yeah. Like they haven't done anything to elevate past that level what i didn't know was how often uh axel sings in a low voice it's more recently now because he can't do the high voices well but i and so that's what i assumed was happening when he first came out and was singing super low but like their first single ever he sings in a low voice yeah well now he does a lot in low voice just because it's it's harder to do but he also like it was kind of worth it though because then once he actually gets to one of the staple hits he'll put it on fully and it's like i don't know kind of adds to it just like oh this is one he's willing to go all out for though there was a couple in there that he went all out for that i was like that's not worth it that just must be a song he (laughs) enjoys because i would have i would have been saving my energy during whatever that piece of crap was (laughs) 
I mean, there is... Hold on. We can pull up the set list right here yeah. with modern day technology. And then I can be like... I'll tell you what the good songs you heard were. Sweet Child of Mine. Ever heard of it? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that that's the moment. That is the moment where that's... everyone who's uh, in the stadium has been waiting for. Where was this? What was your venue? The Thompson Bowling Food City Center. Or the date. What? Oh, I found it. Never mind. Uh, September 12th. So it opens with It's So Easy, a classic. That's one he's singing low. Destruction. Yeah, but that's it's low so in the It's so easy, early. easy. Bad Obsession, I do not know. Chinese Democracy. All of Chinese Democracy is songs that Axel wanted to hear that nobody wanted to hear. Yeah. Even though I do enjoy that album. Um, I'm the only one. Uh, let's see. Okay, so they do Welcome to the Jungle at number five. Yeah, getting everybody uh, on Mr. board. Yeah, Mr. Brownstone at number eight. Hard School at number ten. That's their brand new single, so I would imagine that he's trying to go all out and get people to listen to that. Maybe that was one um, of the ones that I was surprised, because I was like, this feels like a nothing song. <laughs> oh, I do like that song quite a bit, especially just since, you know, it's the first thing. I, I, I don't remember. It might not yeah. have been that one, is what you're yeah. saying. Um, Live and Let Die by a little band called Wings. So that was great. I was I very much enjoyed their cover of that. You know they do a cover though, right? Like you weren't. Yeah, yeah, I'd heard their cover. That's before. something built into all their. Songs. Yes, like that's a very popular cover. I know, but I, I'm just saying that I see why it is popular. They're, they are a good band to cover that song. Uh, Rocket Queen, they cover the Stooges. Uh, Street of Dreams is another Chinese democracy song, and that one was like designed in 2008 to show off Axel's vocal range. Mm. So I bet that was one of the ones he did. Although I really like that song, and I think he has a very good voice in it. Um, Civil War. These that are, was an interesting did you stay one. For the did you stay for the entirety of this? Uh, very nearly. We we left so like you... two songs early. Did you get to the encore? Yes. Okay, so you saw Coma and then you left uh, I, before Patience and Paradise City. Yeah, we were leaving. We were leaving the stadium around Paradise City. Okay, so that's the last yeah. song. Okay, uh, which it probably goes on for ten minutes. So I bet you beat traffic a little bit. Yeah, no, we t we totally beat traffic. We got out of there yeah. easy. Oh wow, that's maybe. Well, also I've never been to the stadium. Maybe the parking is better than any other stadium. Uh, I doubt um, it. We also parked away from the stadium, which helped. So this back, so you go through 19 songs, some of which are near 10 minutes. And then you get Civil War, Slash Guitar Solo, Sweet Child of Mine, and November Rain all back yeah. to back. That's what you've been waiting for. That's the payoff. Yeah. No, we probably could have left after November Rain. <laughs> uh, you don't want to watch Wichita Lineman, the Jimmy Webb cover? Well, it's really a Glenn um, Campbell cover. I mean, I do think it's written by whoever that is, but Glenn Campbell's version yeah. is definitely what he was going for. They do Knocking on Heaven's Door. It's fine. It's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a really good set list. This, and they probably, this is probably three hours long. Yeah, it was, it was long. I wish I'd brought bought have... some earplugs, though, because it's just like... Yeah, we're getting old. Yeah, it's just so loud. Like, And it's just ringing the entire next day. Yeah. That's too did much. you like? Did you buy like a twenty four dollar beer during this, or were you just stand? What were you? Yeah. Were you just okay? You you bought like a, I, what are the prices at this stadium at uh, your local? It was I think a fifteen dollar beer for like what a pint? 
Uh, it was like a double sized can. It was like twenty four ounces. Okay, so twenty four ounces. Yeah. That's not terrible. Yeah, so we got a couple of those. In DC, they're now twenty four dollars for a twenty five ounce. That's beer. crazy. <laughs> a dollar know. an ounce. I know. What is it? Gold. They have, <laughs> they have these insane, like little. It looks like uh, convenience stores. Like they're just holes in the wall where you just walk in inside there's several of these you don't go to vendors anymore although there are a few for people scared of this technology you go in there's cameras in every ceiling tile in this place you grab a drink out of the fridge and you walk out with it you have to scan your credit card to get it okay i meant should mention that you go in it has your card on file it has you being followed by several cameras it knows everything you're getting and you walk out with it. You do, you just walk out. That's all you need Weird. to do. And it charges your credit card for everything you got from the cooler. That is truly wild. Twenty four dollars. <laughs> He's still obsessed about the price. Yeah, I wasn't happy about it either. I mean, it's just you get you get four beers. You buy around for your friends, and it's a hundred dollars. Yeah, don't go to DC. Oof. It's just a. Uh, Comments. Well, I guess this specific DC place post COVID too. It's just like all this inflation. It's like all of the greedy people like in charge of these, they're like, we haven't had concerts for a year. How do we make up this money? Let's permanently raise the prices for all concessions. 200%. Well, and they act we'll like it's inflation. Again. Like, yes, inflation is happening, but it's not $25 beer inflation. Like, like the inputs to make that beer have not gone up that much. They've just increased profits. But imagine, I mean, that's the thing, like the people who are not, who are like too expensive. I'm not going to buy beer here. The people who are going to buy beer there have like covered their loss. Exactly. Yeah. They've made their money back. So they, they'll keep them at this price for, you know, a year. Who's to say they don't raise it to 26? Like at what point are we, we paying $30 for less, less, that's more than a dollar an ounce. Uh, I could not pay. We, me and Ellie were at a fancy restaurant because her birthday was Monday. And the mm-hmm. cocktails there were either fourteen or eighteen dollars, and well, for your for a birthday, I think no. I mean, also, we, we got spent, cocktails, but still, like it's I've spent twenty five dollars for a beer. I a cocktail for fourteen dollars sounds amazing, but it's still just crazy. <laughs> like that's yeah. so expensive. Nothing going into this was that like you you paid you know two dollars or three dollars or whatever for the ingredients to this and it took you yeah. five minutes not even five minutes to whip it up two minutes to whip it up but it's yeah. a fancy restaurant no. so you're just gonna do that yeah uh. it's all the same i imagine why well, we're so old this only... is the most boomery segment we've this ever is like done. our boomer segment <laughs> this is insane <laughs> went to the guns and roses show beer is too expensive <laughs> We're complaining about inflation. Oh, no. We're just old. We are complaining about inflation. I mean, it's just like, and you bought a house. You got it. Like, (laughs) there's, there are houses in Charlottesville that are half the size of yours that cost a million dollars. If I buy a house, it has to be on a farm in fucking Smallville where Superman lives. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, God. Okay. We, let's, let's move on from Boomer Corner. Let's, let's touch on some movies that you've seen. Let's, Update your letterbox. Okay. Go to your letterbox right now. You watch the creator. What'd you think? I thought it was bad. Okay. I thought it wasn't. I thought everything, all the technical stuff was good, but every. And uh, it looks amazing. Yes. Do you know the budget for that? No idea. 
It is one third the cost of Secret Invasion. Really? Yes, seventy million dollars. I mean, it's a lot, but that's not like uh, it's not huge. Well, it's, it's like, like they just skimped on the writer. No, that's like Marvel movies. Some Marvel movies look worse than this and cost two hundred million to make. Yeah, so I'm Where pulling is... up creator. Okay, pull up the creator. I think they just skimped on the writer. Like they just, I, I don't even know if Gareth, Gareth Edwards wrote. It was just this bizarre. Like, because the, the relationship that really matters in this movie is just that that little girl likes the main yeah. guy. It's like you just have yes. to give us as an audience a reason to believe their relationship, which is the crux of the movie, and they just yeah. don't. Like like yeah. there's a time where the girl kind of has to betray like like she has to go with him despite kind of reason. It's like they have a connection mm-hmm. and there are ways to have done that and they just didn't. They just didn't sell it at all. Like it's kind of like a the relationship in Monsters Inc. or something, where you have yeah. Boo and Sully, and it's like they shouldn't like each other as much as they do, but clearly they just have good chemistry, and he's kind and she's whatever. Like you could have made that, but they just didn't. And then they, they did based the, every other emotional beat in the movie around that existing when it didn't. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's it, they really cut corners, and also just. The relationship with his wife. Like, why did he care about that? Like, it. you show five minutes of them together, and then he, she finds out that he betrayed her, and then he keeps going back. He's like, I gotta win her back. But, like, we didn't see enough of their relationship to care about him getting her yeah. at any point. Um, all right, so I gave it a three and a half, uh, but it is, like... Uh, it's if I watched it again, it would probably drop half a star. I put it at a two and a half just now, and that was up. I was thinking about doing a two, but I was like, there was enough interesting visual stuff going. Like it was very cohesive from a design standpoint. It visually looked amazing. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I'm just going to go through my letterbox diary, which is a thing you can do when you use your letterbox. Mm. Um. Did you watch the Wes Anderson Road Doll Netflix stuff? No, I haven't. I did hear about okay. it. You'd probably like it. I do not like Wes Anderson, so not for me. Um, did you watch Saw X? No. Socks. <laughs> uh, the first Fresh Tomato movie in the Saw franchise. Wow, the high Are point. you aware of this? 83%. And this movie is so middle of the franchise. I just rewatched all of the Saw movies. This is a franchise near and dear to my heart. I feel like this is just an expectations game. Like, people just knew, like, that's why it got they fresh. Do, they do some crazy things in this movie where, all right, so I'm going to dive into a little Saw lore real quick. Uh, John Kramer, the Jigsaw Killer, uh, was just a humble engineer who gets cancer and his wife, uh, has her, his wife's... Uh, is pregnant and she has a miscarriage due to a violent act caught by another man. Uh, John Kramer becomes vengeful and uh, he gets his cancer diagnosis and realizes he's going to die. So he starts putting people in traps that are like a lot of people when this franchise started, like he's a murderer. And then throughout the nine movies, they try to explain, no, he's not a murderer. He puts people in situations where like, Hey, cut off your arm and you get to live. That shows me you're worthy of living. Kind of mm-hmm. 
Um, some people might still call that a murder. Yeah, he's definitely still a murderer. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one, however, tries their damnedest to humanize him. And by the end of this movie, he is the hero. Crazy. Which is crazy. So the first 30 minutes, the premise of this movie, it takes place between Saw 1 and 2, where most movies should take place in a timeline. You make 10, and then you go back mm-hmm. and do a sequel, an interquel between 1 and 2. Um, this follows John Kramer going to Mexico while he has cancer to get experimental cancer surgery, and it turns out the whole thing was a scam. They robbed him and did pretend surgery that didn't work, so he still has cancer. That's the first 30 minutes of this movie. Then... He kidnaps all of them and puts them in a, in a trap. And you're like, okay, classic Jigsaw. This is so him. Uh, and a lot of these traps are super violent. Don't need to go into su- uh, too much detail that's on this the fun Marvel of the podcast. That franchise. is the fun. It's it's very campy. Like, he, yeah, he's getting people to saw off legs and stuff. And, you know, he, he's back at it again. Um, however, the person in charge of this scam... Every 10 minutes says something more heinously evil. <laughs> and the whole time you're rooting for, like, ooh, I hope he gets her. Like, because all the other people in this game are dying off one by one, but she keeps getting through the traps. And by the end of it, you're like, John Kramer, please kill this woman. <laughs> like, she has been so evil this entire time. She deserves whatever you get coming to, whatever she has coming to her. And then she escapes puts a kid in the trap that she was in, just an unsuspecting kid. And John Kramer's like, no, 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 this guy who's murdered people for nine movies. Yeah. It's like, don't do this. Don't hurt the kid. Take me, not the kid. <laughs> so she she puts him in the trap, um, which is basically you're just getting waterboarded by pig blood or something <laughs> crazy like that, like something insane. Um, and the kid, he's like taking all the punishment for the kid. And this lady uh, ends up... He locks her in a room. So, like she, she, he had a failsafe kind of deal, and she's like, "Ha ha, I beat you!" And then she goes in this room, and then she gets locked in. Like she's like, "Oh no, I can't get out." Um, and John Kramer escapes the trap because he built it, and he does all the waterboarding. He's like, "I'm worthy. I can leave or whatever." Uh, they get out of there, and he has a pile of money from <laughs> the people who have scammed him. That he just like has all of their their royalties from this this scam mm. uh and he gives it to the child he's like go on little pedro run along <laughs> <laughs> and, and then that's the end of the movie they all walk out into the sunset together and it's just like this insane clint eastwood style like uh, old curmudgeon like yeah. who's kind of he gets results but he's he's a disheveled old and then man. he goes to seven the, more yeah and then he does eight. seven more yeah. heinous murder movies <laughs> but people are like all these reviews, clearly none of the people have watched all of these movies. And that is what's frustrating me the most. <laughs> this is people's first Saw movie, and they're like, pretty good. I like this guy. Like, he's, you know, he's kind of a good guy. He's all it's, right. <laughs> yeah, he's all right in my book. You know who's evil? That lady who ran the scam. She was a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, insane. Insane to see this. All right, so you haven't seen that, uh, so you don't need to rate that in Letterboxd. I watched Dumb Money, the GameStop movie. Yeah, Did you I've watch not that? seen that yet. Very good. Highly recommend. I watched Stop Making Sense, which you should log in Letterboxd. Mm, yes. Log that. I bet you'd give it like a solid three and a half. I mean, there's there's nothing was... to criticize this movie on, I don't think. No, it's it's the perfect concert film. I gave it four and a half just because Talking Heads, you know, are not 
like half a star if it was the Beatles. Like it's not Get Back. Yeah. No, I, I'm just. But it is a phenomenal. Well, you got to think five stars. Like there's nothing like it. Can they improve? Or even if there's stuff they can't improve on, is this something that you would wear a T-shirt of, like School of Rock, like you're wearing right now? I might. I mean, and <laughs> well, I also, I mean, Talking Heads are my favorite either. But yeah. it does. I mean, the the live songs are way better than the studio. Like this live album is their best album mm. by a mile. I do like In some of the stuff opinion. they did after this, maybe more. Like I really like And She Was, but that's after this, isn't it? Yeah, that is after this. But I also really enjoy that song. Or even some of their like really early stuff. I mean, obviously they have Psycho Killer. But they they Psycho have Killer, with that yeah, song that's like song. building arrow on fire or whatever that song is. I really like that song. Sure. That's earlier than this. There are some that don't lend themselves to live performances. Right. Easily. Like this is this is the era where they're doing a lot of loopy jammy stuff that just can go on and on. And that's part of what gives this movie its energy. It's just like you're just in this kind of trance like yeah. stuff, which isn't my favorite musically, but I think for the context of creating the film that they made here. It's kind of perfect, yeah. so I'm it just giving is. it five. I agree. All right, go perfect. for it. Give it a five. Um, so you know A24 was the person yeah. who was the studio yeah. that re-released and everything. I had someone come into the theater who was buying tickets. I was like, what are you seeing? He said, stop making sense. I said, great movie. Have you ever seen it? He's like, no, uh, I've never never seen it, um, but I trust anything A24 does. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine finding out about the talking heads through A24. Yeah. Like that's why. Did, did he know but, it was I a mean, concert movie? It worked, but yeah. he was just like, since it's he knew got it was... their stamp, so it's good. Yeah, exactly. He had never seen it, but he knew. Um, I have also rewatched Eternals. I watched Exorcist Believer, which is kind of the opposite experience of Saw X, where I think it is a masterstroke of a unique mm. horror movie, and everyone is shitting on it so profuse, profusely. Yeah, that I don't works. know if I can use that in that <laughs> sense. Okay. Uh, shitting on it so hard, and I feel like uh, David Gordon Green, director of the recent Halloween trilogy, as well as Pineapple Express, um, and some other classic... Uh, early aughts movies. Um, I think he did a great job making a unique exorcist movie. Hmm. Uh, and I think it is his signs, his M night Shyamalan presents signs, which is my favorite movie of all time. Um, so I loved his stamp on this and everyone and their mother is not watching this movie, but they are rating it half a star and being like, wasn't scary. And it's not a conventional horror movie in the sense where you're going to have jump scares like the nun hmm. two or, Whatever dog shit the kids are watching. If I was going to go see one horror movie this October, what should I see? <sighs> Is Saw X off the table? Because I do want to talk to you about it. No, but I haven't seen any... Well, I have seen the you first only Saw. Need to watch one in, you only need to watch one, and then two helps because his apprentice in two is like a co-lead. Yeah, I've only seen one. and I would say Exorcist Believer, just for the sake of... I think it is a very unique horror film i thought the trailer um, looked okay it's i loved it um and it was funny i was watching uh with one of my co-workers and he used to be a big marvel head has kind of fallen off um quantum mania and all the shows have really done him in he also hates wandavision which i don't understand kind of weird um but you know to each their own and he did not like any of the halloween 
recent the trilogy that David Gordon Green made, which I loved all of those. Um, and we're watching all watching Exorcist Believer together, and he ended up loving it. And I was like, "What is your like?" I'm, I'm so shocked you liked it. Like, explain to me. He's like, much like a Marvel movie where the formula has gotten kind of repetitive, where you have two unique acts that explore other cultures and stuff in recent years anyway, uh, and just a, a new form of storytelling. Really cool. And then the third act, he compared, like, it's an exorcist movie, so you have to have an exorcism. And that's where he was like, this kind of drops off a mm. bit. Like, I'm less interested in the third act boss fight right. kind of deal. But otherwise, like, the first two acts, perfect movie. And then me, a Marvel junkie who loves the third act boss fight, I love the yeah. exorcism <laughs> sequence. It was great. <laughs> um, so that, I think, would be kind of my i think you would have a similar take where you're like wow first two acts of this are very unique and interesting and then the last act is kind of generic exorcist movie but it's you know it's an exorcist movie so you have to have an exorcism right in. i might go um, see that i would recommend that i would recommend that so and or you can watch the creator again another movie that i saw was okay. americazzi have you heard of this film no idea i have not so it's a movie Let's... about a guy who I can't remember if it's after World War One or World War Two. He's an American, but he immigrates back to Armenia, which is where his family is from. And he escaped. How do you spell this? Uh, A M E R I K A T S I. Um. K. It's just the Armenian word for American because he's the only American. Okay. Um. What. What made you? Is this a recent? This wasn't in theaters. This had to be streamed. Uh, right? no, I it was in theaters at, at my local uh, local Regal. At your Regal, yeah. really? Well, there's so there's two Regals near my house. One plays all the big stuff, mm-hmm. and this one plays a lot of like uh, Bollywood movies. Oh, interesting. And like this kind of movie, which was like an Armenian movie. Yeah, um, sure. So the premise of this is that so he escaped as a child the Armenian genocide, but now he's come back oh. to Armenia, but it's under Soviet rule, and by okay. mistake basically he gets put into a Soviet prison camp, uh, okay. where from the window of his prison cell he can see into the back window of a guard's apartment, and okay. so he starts living basically vicariously through this guard. Um, sure. And then, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the basic, the yeah. Uh, but it's kind of like, and what did have you... you seen Life is Beautiful? Yeah. It's like Life is Beautiful. Um, I mean, that's probably meets, uh, I saw someone say meets rear window just because it's got the aspect of like, like oh. watching, <laughs> yeah, a watching a story it. play out that you can't hear the dialogue <laughs> or whatever. But from sure. his perspective and what it ends up But you like this movie? Yeah. I, I thought it was really good. I mean, there's there's a part of it that is like, you know, occasionally you can feel where the story's going to go and it's a little bit yeah. where you expect. But also, like, I haven't seen sure. another movie like this anytime recently. So it still felt pretty fresh to me. Uh, you should rate review this in Letterboxd because... Yeah. Uh, out of the 200 plus people I follow, zero of them have seen it, and zero of them have put it on their watch list. Americazi. So, uh, spread yeah, the word. Me and Ellie just saw an ad for it. I think it was in front of one of the other movies at this theater. 
And we're like, that looks yeah. pretty good. Interesting. I'd give it like a four or maybe a three and a half that I like. Well, review it and then I'll know for sure. It's tough. I'll give it a four. It has a three point six average. Yeah, I, I'd say that's that's about right. Okay, there you go. Four stars. It's updated now. Someone in my group has seen Americazzi. <laughs> Uh, should we talk about Loki? Yeah, I think it is about time. About time? Um, yeah, only an hour <laughs> into the podcast. Seems appropriate. Um, alright, so are we, we're reviewing this as a sequel, like Loki Season 2 is its own entity? Yes. Which is kind of hard to do, yeah. especially with the first episode. Yeah, well, we're going to do it like we do. Like, we review the first two, and then we kind of get the total score. Well, I'm just saying, the first episode felt like such a continuation of where it left off. Uh, To me. But I was... Okay, here's my my big take from episode Mm. one. I am enthralled. I agree, like, this is what MCU peak television is. Uh, Kang the Conqueror, or Kang whatever. He Who Remains is more scary in an episode of TV that he's not technically even in than all of Quantumania. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and it's fun to see the discourse on the internet is back to, like, speculating similar to Thanos. Like, what's Kang up to? Like, what's what's he going to do? Like, it's not like Quantumania came out and they're like, fart noise, yeah. thumbs down, like, bad way to ruin this guy. Everyone's, and that is the convenient thing about this villain, is you can have variants who just suck, and then you can have variants who are really good. So I think they'll kind of retcon it to be like, oh, Kang the Conqueror in Quantumania was kind of just the one full of himself. He's like the young, angsty Kang. Do you think who doesn't this like... says anything about, though, their decision on whether they're going to keep Jonathan Majors? So apparently his... They have... A, they mentioned this months ago. They have two endings of the show depending on how the court case goes. His court case, or he goes to court October 25th. And right now they are, I believe his defense is saying, let's remove the case from court. We don't even need to go to court. Um, Because I think the person he assaulted has withdrawn her claims. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, But we know for sure October 25th. And based on that, they will either recast or do something, um, you know. The episode six will come out three weeks after. Yeah, that. I mean, even if no charges end up being brought and he doesn't, you know, he's not found guilty of anything, I still think it's yeah. hard to go forward with him just after, but I don't know. Well, that's the, all right, so you have, he's the villain. He's evil, and I think... They're also a little gun shy after the firing of James Gunn. <laughs> yeah. To be like, hey, maybe if he wasn't convicted by the law, maybe we don't fire him. And he's going to die anyway. He's the villain. Like, he's going to get his just desserts. If he was a hero, then yeah, maybe you don't be like, he's not the face of this franchise. Like, that's kind of messed up. But if he's a villain, I think you can get around. The only thing I would worry about is if. What rumors have come up since this has gone on, or since this came to light, was like he's a bad person to work mm-hmm. with, and he could be like, if he's abusive to any of the co-stars, then absolutely don't bring him back. Yeah. 
Like, if he is shitty. But if he was wrongfully accused, which I have no idea whether or not that's the case, then maybe give him a shot to be the most heinous Marvel villain to date. Yeah. Or, you know, recast. I think uh, you can get someone to play this. You have deep pockets, Marvel. Um, I am curious to see how this shakes out, and they haven't edited any of his footage. Like, it's filmed. It's it, He's going to do all of Loki Season 2. Mm-hmm. They're not doing a Kevin Spacey switcheroo kind of deal. But yeah, so far, um, he's the the specter of him over looming over the background is very interesting in this show and yeah. is so much better than yes. his presence in Quantumania. Yes, which... I, again, I think Loki is a stronger Marvel property. Well, and they, they just um, actually know what these characters are. Like they know um, this is more of a this is more I, of an episode this, two thing. But they know who Loki is. They know yeah. what's getting under his skin. They know. Like I, I yeah. thought again, we're just going to kind of bounce around a little bit, I guess. But Owen He's Wilson yeah. being more afraid of finding out that his life on the timeline is good rather than bad. I think yeah. that's a really good touch. Like I, because one, I think yes. it rings true. That is like I, I only yeah. like you know if it's good, that's that worse. Um, but also, yeah. it tells you you know something about his character. It's like it's they're a little bit patient with that moment. But anyway, well, let's go more I guess methodically it's, than that. But I just I'm excited right, so, to see character in the MCU again. Yeah, which they had a plan to do two seasons of this at least, and if they have, or if they do a third one, like they are going to have a map for it, um, which is very nice. Uh, so Loki, at the end of the previous season, did you watch a recap or anything? Just did, the Disney did, one. Okay, well, yeah. that's enough. That that gives you what you needed. Um, I actually rewatched the entire uh, first season before this because it just came up in my, my watch and list. And it's a good you know series, so good not re-watch. hard to rewatch. Better than... Well, I got... Yeah, I'm I'm going through Hawkeye now, and then I get Spider Man. How are you feeling about Hawkeye? Very excited. It's fun. It's it's good. I give it a solid. I enjoy it as much as Falcon and Winter Soldier. See, I think I like it more. I don't know if that's what my my current ranking ties out, but like right now, looking back on it, I like the uh, buddy cop kind of vibe of it. Yeah, and Kate Bishop's fun, and Yelena comes back, and she's hilarious, has great chemistry with Kate Bishop. Also, on this Falcon Winter Soldier rewatch, I really just honed in on Bucky and Sam's relationship, and it's, like, I remember episode five, when I first watched it, it's basically kind of like the filler episode where he's getting ready to do the big battle in episode six, and it's just, like, it's them hanging out and fixing Sam's family boat. I was, and I was when I first watched it. I was like, "This is so boring." But now when I watch it, I'm like, "I just want to see my boys fix a boat. Mm-hmm. Like this is exciting. This is fun. Just chill. It's like my cheers." No, I mean, if you're going to do a six episode thing instead of making a movie, you should use that time not to add in more crazy plot beats, but to do more, get to know the characters better, so that when you get to those big fights, yeah. the stakes seem more real because now you're really invested in this person succeeding or not. Yes. Um, also, brief Echo tangent. Uh, Echo has been postponed to January due to the actor's strike. Um, it is one of the last remaining, like, made, completed shows made under the previous regime of just, like, uh, you know, we don't really care necessarily. <laughs> like, uh, the studio execs are just throwing money at problems. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and maybe this director has a cohesive vision. I have no idea. I haven't seen it yet. But apparently it was supposed to be six episodes. They have scrapped one episode entirely, and they're talking about releasing it all in one day. Mm, get it over with which, style. <laughs> yeah, seems uh, interesting. Like they're trying to bury it a yeah. little bit. Huh. Also to drop it in January. I guess maybe that's just a dearth of content. There's not a ton coming out in January. Maybe it gets maybe it gets claimed by a cult of some kind. Maybe it's good. I don't know. Um, that just seems like a, a red flag. But for sure, uh, I hope it's good. Fingers crossed for the the best of the MCU. Um, all right, Loki. This and this starts with where it, season one immediately ended, where they kill he who remains, and now all the timelines have, are going crazy and branching off doing all this insane stuff and loki is going back and forward through time which the animation for his like body disfigurement is amazing it's really tactile like like it's not just like a flash on the screen and he's gone like you feel like he's getting ripped through time like yes it is he looks very uncomfortable while doing it which which they used to great comedic effect yeah (laughs) yes but it also looks so much better than anything in Secret Invasion. Mm. Like and it's the budget is seventy million dollars cheap. Well this show like, this show has a really uh good idea of what everything in the TVA looks like. Like it's got a very specific thing it's yeah. going for. And yeah. I, I think that goes down to the like the gadgets, like the uh mm-hmm. Box expandy stuff, the time doors, all that. Even that stuff has a kind of tactileness to it, and that also is in this effect where he's pulled back and forth through time. Is it's not it's not a light effect. It's not like ephemeral. It's just like him. It's like his physical presence smears. (laughs) Yeah, which is really cool for this sci-fi show. Yeah, really fitting. Um, We also meet. Ob Aurora Boris, which I love, love seeing this actor yeah. again after great character, everything everywhere all at once. Um, um, and also who is, the design yes. of his office is also really cool. Like it's just it's cluttered, but like like when you first see him in that wide shot and he like descends from the ceiling, I guess. Um, yeah, he has like the little, and and, and he's thing. got just like all of this, cl- like he's this weird like omnipotent. Or not omnipotent, but like it seems like he knows everything. Like he he's the yeah, he's soul just, force keeping the, everything running. The weird guy in the TVA who's just like the the janitor, kind yeah, of, that keeps all of the systems. Yeah, online. who works nonstop for thousands of years on end. Ki Huai Quan, who I might be mispronouncing that a little, but uh, he is Data from the Goonies and Short Round from Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. And most recently, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. He is great. I think he is a perfect addition to this mm-hmm. cast. Um, I don't know if he gets this without everything, no. everywhere, all at once. I bet they watch this and they're like, "You're yeah. in." Yeah, we have a we have a guy. And his character's so interesting because he's like friendly, but like because of how also a bureaucrat. Yeah, and, and of... because of how like long he sees time, he's very almost indifferent. Like, he's concerned about the disasters that are happening, but he's also weirdly calm about them. He's like, uh-oh, that's not yeah. good. I'm going to have to address that. But it's not like, oh, shit, we're all going to die. Fuck, fuck, fuck. It's just like, hmm, yeah. that's, that's a problem. <clears throat> just like, yeah. And I just love how everyone else is kind of freaking out around yeah. him. Like, uh, Owen Wilson or Mobius puts on the space suit, and it has like a crack in it after he's warned him about all this stuff. And he's like, just put yeah. tape over it. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> like, some, and all, yeah, just... 
the climax of episode one, where he's on like the time bridge or whatever, and they need to pull Loki out, and you're you're just like he's not gonna fucking yeah. make it. Like it's yeah. over. Like he's he's gonna get clipped. It's oh. And you're 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 trying to think like, all right, he's definitely not gonna make it, but it's okay. Like you get, they got pruned in the last season, and they survived. Like it's just gonna put him in a weird spot. Um, fucking yeah. rules. Like it was so I good. was even thinking, I was like, could um, they kill Owen Wilson here? I was like, is just there a way that it could work that they did? I'm like, I don't think they will, but could they? Like, so there was enough of a doubt if, that it made it so the stakes yeah. were there, even though I didn't yes. think he was. Well, if they, what I thought was going to happen was none of them were going to make it and it was just going to be a weird kind of like similar to a video game where you beat the first one and you have all these stacked powers and then you do like the first mission and lose all your powers and have to play the game again to, yeah, Um, that's what I thought was going to happen where they get pruned or something and then they're spending like three episodes getting back to where they were at the start Mm -hmm. of this episode and then going to fight Kang. Um. It also it's also revealed like because Loki keeps tra- traveling to the past and the and the present um, that Renslayer is Kang's accomplice this mm-hmm. entire time, so she has run the TVA, which we knew from comic lore established last season. Um, and what other big moments in season one or episode one? Uh, I mean, I, I just loved it. I, I was immediately like, we're, the boys are back in town. Uh, the, the, um, so as Loki is getting pulled back and forward through time, back in that OB Ouroboros sequence where he's talking yeah. to him in the past and Ouroboros is like remembering oh, yeah. as he's talking the yes. conversation. I thought that was great. Like, again, yeah. that's fun sci-fi. Exactly. Hijinks. It's just really clever. It works yeah. really well. It adds to a scene that otherwise could have been kind of exposition-y or something. Yeah. Love it. Um, great stuff. There's also the sting. Like, the fact that this had no reshoots and they just had, like, a plan for this all along. I think the payoff for this season is going to be exceptional. Yeah. And I, I think they set up, like... When he flashed forward or backward or whatever and Sylvie was like, Hey, there you are. And then he gets pruned. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to come into play at some point, and it's going to be a huge emotional beat, yeah. I imagine. I'm predicting. Um, very excited to find out. Very excited to see, you know, how menacing Kang is. They're setting it up him up to be super mm-hmm. threatening, which I like. Um, anything else about episode one? Oh, well, Sylvie in the post-creds goes to McDonald's. She wants to live her best life. She becomes yeah, this is a, a McDonald's employee in the An 80s. interesting brand tie-in. Yeah. How much do you think they got paid by McDonald's? I mean, hopefully a lot. I mean, it's not like they're gushing over McDonald's. Like, it's it's not too distracting. It's just yeah. there. It, it fits. Yeah, it fits the... Uh, I'm going to see if that's on... The internet. Well, and sometimes, you know, right. having an actual brand isn't that bad just because it actually is like, yeah, this brand does exist in the real world. You didn't have to make up like, you know, McJerry's. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, we know what you're going for, but it's distracting and reminds me that I'm watching a TV show. It's like it actually being McDonald's just kind of fits, though. Occasionally, yeah. it's like the logos are a little too centered or whatever. Yeah, which is product yeah. placement. Like, that's kind of what you get. 
But I, yeah, I think it works and it definitely ties it a bit more to Earth. If you get, I don't know who's in, what MCU character is in Oklahoma in 1982, but I think that would be fun if he just walks into McDonald's mm. or she. I'm just thinking Peter Quill, like someone yeah. like that, who probably isn't there in 82, and if it was, he'd be a child. Yeah. Um, I mean, is yeah, Carol Danvers? Be... She's in space at that point. I, well, I, she's yeah. I don't think she's there. They she wasn't in the Midwest. I but she could be like you know on a deployment or something, <laughs> like like sure. on on a well like on a like a training <laughs> thing, you know. Sure, in Oklahoma, yeah, they they have a training. It just base seems or like something. there's not a lot. I think they put it there for a reason. Yeah. Like what area of the world haven't we yeah. touched yet? Like okay, Oklahoma, nineteen eighty two, great. No one there. No one we can bump into. Which I guess also works even if there was someone there like Loki and Sylvie don't know about them because Loki's a villain. He doesn't hang out with the heroes. And this is also Loki from 2012, so there have been a whole bunch of other people who hasn't mm-hmm. met yet, even if they were heroes. Um, so yes, episode two, which uh, my BFF Keith's bachelor party was this past weekend, uh, and... Their TV, the TV at the beach house, like, had cable. It did not have streaming of any kind, so I had to watch this on my phone. And night one, you know, you get to the bachelor party and you get pretty drunk because you're so excited for the weekend. Of course. So much so that it makes it harder to drink on day two. <laughs> um, but I watched Loki episode two. I tried to watch it before I go to bed, and I make it, like, 30 seconds in, and I was like, this is not yeah. happening. No shot. Um, and... I watched it earlier that morning, fairly hungover and also sleepy, so you might have to walk me through the the beats. But basically, the TVA guy who I'm pretty sure was just introduced in the previous episode, yeah. Brad. Um, he was not a season 1 figure. I, I didn't think. I didn't remember him from season 1. I thought he might have had a bit part or something, but I couldn't remember either, either way, so That's possible. I didn't know to look for him, but maybe he is in season 1. I don't remember. Um, he is living his life on mm-hmm. Earth. He escaped the TVA. He's an actor. Yep. Um, and they're trying to, they go to, they're trying to find out where Sylvie is yes. first. And they find her at the McDonald's. Okay. Uh, well, but for, don't they interrogate Yeah, him? well, that's how they find her. Yeah, so, yes, okay. they bring so, him, and there's like a whole sequence going back and forth where they're trying to break him. And this this is where yes, you actually get some of that character is, moments that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Because he knows them well yes. enough to get under their skin, each in individual yes. ways. And he is trained to do this. Yeah. Um, um, meanwhile, Obi is repairing the loom. Yes. Um, to do the branching Which, timeline. The main things. thing you're getting out of these cuts is just that, like, oh, everything's fucked up and only getting worse. Like, everything's falling yes. apart. He's trying to hold it together, but it's, you know, like, scotch-taped, you know. Yes. And Miss Minutes is also yes. missing. Um, who is Kang's apprentice, I believe. Um, and then, so then, meanwhile, um, you also have this conflict going on between the leaders and the TVA, and one of them, despite learning that their time gods are fake, is still kind of a true believer, mm-hmm. so she goes on this mission with a bunch of renegades to prune off all of these errant timelines that have sprung up ever since, uh, you know, the one who remains was killed. Yes. Um, and they do that successfully, which plays off, is kind of like a... Uh, 
I don't know, like it's like a big disaster moment where everyone is standing yes. in the control room looking on in horror as... Which Kevin Feige has gone on to say uh, the ABC shows that didn't like work, like Inhumans or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's like, that's their yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a pretty cool idea. Like, I think that's how you have a bad thing and then you fix yeah. it by like, when you make a thing better. Because you're like, whoa, like I knew those things exist. Those characters existed and I watched TV with them and now their universe is yeah. gone. Maybe Quantumania was the payoff on this. for this thing. <laughs> No, Quantumania is still canon, and it's pretty <laughs> good. Uh, what? So, what was their? What was his conversation with Sylvie? Like, what was the, the takeaway? Mm-hmm. She just was like, "I'm, I'm happy at McDonald's." Yeah, I, I mean, it was kind of a that. classic. Uh, uh, I don't know. Like, I've, I felt like I've seen this before, where someone's hiding out, and they're like, "You got to come back and help me with this yeah. one last thing or whatever." And Get they're the like, "I don't want to do it. I'm out of that life for good." Yeah. Um, but yeah, then they communicate sure. to her the scale of the risk, and then she ends up coming back with them. But there's something else. So she is that I'm trying to remember what exactly prompts Loki, Mobius, and Hunter B15 find and capture Hunter X5 in London. Oh, that was a cool sequence where Loki has like the shadow. Loki's the yes. Grab it reminds like you that oh yeah, really... this guy's got a bunch of superpowers. Yeah, he's really flexing hard in this episode. Um. um he is Brad Wolf. Under interrogation, he admits abandoning Doc's mission and reveals Sylvie's location. They travel to Oklahoma, find her in McDonald's. Um, remind her of the, he Loki reminds her of the last encounter at the TVA's future, but she refuses to involve herself with the organization. Yeah, so they find out about the plan that I was talking about, the plan to destroy all the other timelines. That's what prompts her all to go timelines. back. Yes, so that's what all the TVA people were storming off to do at the end of episode yes. one. Because there was this huge scene where they're all you know, branching out or whatever. But then she goes back to the McDonald's, which I guess is just on the true timeline. And because otherwise it seems like all the other timelines have been destroyed. Not all of them, but a lot of, I mean, there are infinite times. Well, from the, from the visual thing on the, on the little TV they had, it seemed like basically every timeline was destroyed, but it seems like, but I, and also, as yeah. soon as people start making decisions again, that'll generate new yeah. anomalies. It's just going to yeah. branch off. Yes. So. Naturally. It's just, it's, it is tricky to explain all of this when the time, like the TV, there's already been a timeline mm-hmm. that happened. And then I also noticed this on my rewatch of Loki. Um the opening sequence of the final episode, which is the Marvel logo, and it's all of like the biggest quotes from the entire Infinity mm. Saga. And then it like zooms out of the entire universe to reveal like, hey, this MCU 616, the entire Infinity Saga has happened in this universe. Crazy, right? Um, and then it like goes to, it zooms in on a second universe, which I never noticed, where the TVA mm. is. So it seems like that was a different kind of timeline, and now they're in. The TVA is independent of everything that happened on that one, and a completely different. Like it's just a place without time. Yeah. So you're trying to figure out like where does it fit? And on yet the that also seems but... to be a ruse because d- yes. this season is showing that yes, there have been times before because there are things that Mobius doesn't know. Like for instance, Ob. Yes, that was like a yeah. weird. Ob knew him, but he didn't know Ob. Yeah. But was trying to pretend. So there he have did. been. They have had like their memories taken or something. Yeah, and and he he also um, he he kept say keeps saying like time works different here, 
which isn't to say that like time yeah. isn't happening, but somehow it is happening differently than it is happening. It's like it's like a little pocket timeline think... that doesn't like that you can go to other timelines from, but doesn't itself. I don't know. It's weird. Which I think will be a very fun yeah. reveal, however they choose to do it. Uh, Casey tracks the rogue Renslayer's Tempad on one of the remaining branch timelines, and Sylvie, refusing to be involved any further, returns to McDonald's, but she has He Who Remains Tempad in her possession. <coughs> Which, I guess, were they trying to use that, and she's like, no, you can't use it, or was she just keeping that as insurance? Yeah, I, I don't remember. I don't think I picked up on the significance of that while actually watching it. I was just like, oh, she's um, back well, to McDonald's. <laughs> she's back to McDonald's. And I want a Big she Mac. Has... Yeah. <laughs> and you went to McDonald's after the product placement worked. Almost. I would love to know like their sales. Because Loki is like the highest streamed Disney Plus show outside of a Star Wars thing, I imagine. Yeah. Um, or like Mandalorian, something like that. Uh, but like how much product placement goes out when you get 10 million streams day one? Like, or how many people buy McDonald's yeah. immediately after? Well, and just the, the size of McDonald's marketing is so big. It feels like it'd be hard yeah. to keep track so of Marvel. where, you know, yeah, what well, impacts are, are yeah, happening. Money from. <laughs> it's wild. It kind of makes me want McDonald's. This episode brought to you by I McDonald's. always kind of want McDonald's. <laughs> but then you eat it and you're like, oh, this is going to be bad for this is going to yeah. end poorly um though we still we still need to do uh what was the mcdunk am <laughs> which now that you're a lawyer you have plenty of time yeah. on your hands so you can there's well conveniently i do have a basketball goal at my house that would make it easier okay you have a mcdonald's nearby pretty close and you wake up early now so that was like the challenge of the thing you were waking up at noon and you wanted to wake the up the problem with waking up at 6 a.m right now is it'd be freezing cold and dark well, that's the best time to do McDunk AM. <laughs> I, I guess I really would enjoy your... my hot coffee and uh, uh, whatever McDonald's your hot tub sandwich I got. In Don't the you have a hot? You have a hot tub at this house. It doesn't you just work. Need to fill it with water. And we're gonna have to oh, figure out a well. way to get rid of it. It's a big pain, actually. Just hire someone to fix it. That sounds like a more. It was gonna cost over three thousand dollars. Hey, well. With inflation, you're going to be spending that on cocktails by the end of this year alone. Uh, Honestly, I had uh, this bachelor party uh, OBX house had a hot tub, and I gotta say, like, it's the best thing in the world. I'm going to Gatlinburg this weekend with my family, and we've rented a cabin, and every cabin in Gatlinburg has a hot tub. So you fucking love to see it. It's just yeah. the best. Every night. Every night. One night was windy and like slightly but not raining. In the hot it was tub. like 50 degrees. <laughs> not in the hot tub, baby. Oh, boy. If everyone had a hot tub, we would have world peace. Like, that's just not even. It, that, it's so yeah. clearly like stress reduced. God, that's a good government initiative. The, the. Yeah. The hot tub initiative. <laughs> Make America hot and soggy again. <laughs> hey, uh, Biden already promised to get rid of my student loans, which he didn't do. Uh, so if he wants to like make a make a deal and be like, "I'll give you half the money for a hot tub," I'll be like, "Done, <laughs> sold," at my rented house. Yeah. Put it in. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter where you get yours installed because everyone else is always also getting one installed. So no matter where you move, they're going to have that hot tub. 
That's true. That's true. I do like that. My buddy John got a an inflatable hot tub from mm. Amazon for like six hundred dollars, and I was like, that seems like a really bad investment. It's going to break or whatever. Um, but it is solid. Like the thing is, it's like a little more. Like, just inflating it takes time. So you either need to leave it set up, and if you leave it set up, you leave it kind of exposed to the elements mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and then, obviously, you need to refill it with water every time you inflate it, which is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but also... But, I mean, really, when do you want a hot tub It's a functioning most? hot tub. I feel like September, October is kind of prime time hot tubbing. I would use it every week, even in 90 degrees. Like, oh, I, in the, the summer, tub. you're like, not going to want to be in a hot tub. I would want to be in because you're like basically naked. Wow, but the but like the part of the greatness of a hot tub is and the it's contrast. Cool. You're, I'm not going in. I'm not going in the heat of okay. the day. Like at night, it's not 90 degrees. And maybe there's one week where it's 95 degrees at night, and that's the week I don't go <laughs> in the hot tub. But if it's like 80 degrees and it's dark and you know like windy, put me in that hot uh, tub. Maybe that's what me and Elliot will do. Because uh, when I was talking to the hot tub guy, he's probably he, he said the easiest thing to do. Anyways, this the hot tub we have is inbuilt to our deck. He was like, the easiest yeah. thing to do. Yeah, you'd have to re- get the deck. Done. Well, he said like, just cover over the deck that. and put a hot tub on top of the deck if you want one. So I could just get an okay. inflatable and put it on top of the hot uh, deck myself. I think you remaster this current hot tub that you have. Like, you know, what's it going to cost? That probably less than an actual. He said hot basically tub. all of the components are screwed. <laughs> hmm. How many components do they have? Like a heat unit and yeah, a... the the heat unit wasn't working, and then the pump was spraying water everywhere, and all of the jets, once you uh, the, the ones that are like back level, every single one of them was leaking except for one. So it was just like pouring water out. <laughs> it was a it was a bad setup. A bit of a money pit. Yeah, this well, but this will be a, our new corner. <laughs> now that I'm not in yeah, law the school hot tub anymore. Corner. If we, yeah, now you're going to be making lawyer money. Lawyers have hot tubs. That's yeah. just a thing. <laughs> I, all right, so this episode is brought to you by McDonald's and hot tubs. If any hot tub people want to sponsor the show, we will uh, highlight your brand every yeah. episode. We'll start doing every episode from our hot tubs. We're going to oh talk. start God, talking I slower. Go. I would do it. All right. <laughs> I would, genuinely, you're six hours away. If you got yeah. a hot tub, I would be like, Let's do a weekend where we just record an episode yeah. in a hot tub. And then, you know, we, we <laughs> hang out. That'd be funny. Easy. Lock it in. All right. Well, anyway, that's um, the two episodes we have, have so anything? far. Yes. Okay. So, uh, also, just f- for your records, um, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead were the directors of the first mm-hmm. one. And they are directing four, five, and six. So, two and three have one-off directors. Um, and Eric Martin was the writer, and he wrote one, two. Uh, he did the teleplay and the story for episode three. And then he co-wrote episode four, and then he wrote five and six. Which is good. I like having a single creative voice. Yeah. I mean, there's the directed direction... The pair that's doing most of the directing, and then there's this guy who's doing most yes. of the writing. Who's most of the writing. That's that's what you yeah. like to see. Which seems like a strong and cohesive... Just out of curiosity, I wonder what Secret Invasion looks like. Because I know they had one director throughout, 
who just didn't seem like he cared about the project at all was my interpretation. Mm. Um, so yeah, Ali uh, Salim was the director. The first one was written by Kyle Bradstreet and Brian Tucker. Um, the teleplay for two was Brian Tucker and then story by had a different credit. Uh, episode three had, was co-written by Brian Tucker. Episode four was solely written by Brian Tucker. Episode five co-written by Brian Tucker and episode six co-written by mm. Brian Tucker. So you have a lot of, you have at least two writers on every episode except yeah. one. So why couldn't he just do it that himself? Like, it's six episodes. I, yeah, I don't know. And I know now that one of the things that the writer strike got is for six episode series, you need at least three writers on it, including the showrunner, mm. or maybe four. Um, but there's a minimum. So you need to give these people stuff to do. Interesting. Which is good if they're all on the same page yeah. and they're all, they all have the same vision, which I think will help if there's a showrunner with a show Bible saying what needs to happen. Yeah. Kind of deal. Hmm. Um, Anyway, Loki, off to a much better start than recent MCU shows. What else? I'm trying to... Uh, Ranksgiving 22... Oh, what? This is always sorted. I can never find the one where I can... Okay, there we go. Secret Invasion is the most recent show. So what, what are you giving these two episodes? Okay, so we need to give them two-thirds of the points. So we basically yes, we have out of two. Correct. I mean, yeah. so far I'd say I'm it's two for them... two. Yeah. I mean... So each one can get a maximum. Each I don't know, episode I feel... can get a maximum of one. Yes. But I feel like what I think is going to happen... Because episode two, I think, is a lesser... If I'm talking in the great, great canon yeah. of Loki... I'm thinking it's like a half, but I think down the line one of these episodes can be a one and sure. a half. Which you know, I think, I think by the end you can so kind right of now, reanalyze. But I'd say the strong sure, start, sure. Re, respec. Yeah. yeah, I'll yeah I'll give it a you know two out of two so far, but uh, one and a half lingering one mm -hmm. and a half to two. I think it's a very strong start. Is this the best Disney Plus show since Loki? In yeah. Your Let me read them off. We have. Oh, you don't even want. Me <laughs> I mean, to I'm confident them. that it, it uh, is. Secret Invasion, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas Special, She-Hulk, Werewolf by Night, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, Hawkeye, uh, and Loki. yeah. I mean, I like a handful of those, but none of them as much as Loki and WandaVision. Yeah, I think those two are the peak, the pinnacle, and they're back. Um. They're back in a big way, and I'm very excited for this season, which, let's see when this ends. This ends November 9th, 2023. Okay. What will you be doing on November 9th, Well, I'll be officially a licensed lawyer uh, on the 6th. I still have to be basically, like, sworn in. So oh. that'll be happening on the 6th. You have to go anywhere special yeah. for that? Court downtown. Where's that? I don't know exactly. Oh, that, so the same city. Yes. Well, but only because I'm travel. in Knoxville. Other people would have to travel. It's in sure. Knoxville, Nashville, and Jefferson, Tennessee. They have a okay. location in each of those cities. So if you're in Memphis, you got to travel a little bit to Jackson. I don't think it's very far, but mm -hmm. 
Very yep. good then. Um, exciting. Uh, we also have, I'm just now realizing, the Marvels is the same week as uh, the Loki finale. Gotcha. So we're going to need to, I guess, record two separate yeah. episodes. That's looking forward to so seeing Marvel's... Ms. Marvel again. Yeah. And um, the other uh, right. Monica Rambo from WandaVision. Yeah, we have favorite. two Disney Plus people coming to the big screen. Coming to the big screen. And Monica Rambo, we got the stinger in February or March of 2021 that she was summoned by a scroll to space, and we don't know what she's doing up there. But we're going to find out in a oh, mere month. Scrolls used to be interesting and exciting. Uh, yeah. I mean, they still yeah. can be. It's just not on Earth. Yeah. When they're on Earth, they're not doing no. much fun. <laughs> much keep fun them in things. space. <laughs> keep the scrolls in space. <laughs> not my America with scrolls. Right. In Does it. that do it for us? I think so. I just I didn't realize that these this. Uh, the finale and Marvels are the same week. That's I wonder why they did that. That's fascinating. I feel like that's happened before where that's the end of a show real... has coincided with the release of a movie. It's always been like the fourth or fifth episode. Mm. Like Black Widow came out in the fourth episode of Loki. Spider-Man came out in the fifth episode of Hawkeye. This is... They know that we don't record episode for fifths. We record them for yeah. sixths. It's like they didn't even factor this podcast yeah, in it's like Yeah, it's map. like a prank on us. It's intentional just as a goof. Which is just rude. Clearly they want more content from us. They do, I guess. So, do we do, do we do Loki Thursday night? Well, that's also Keith's wedding, of which I am the best yeah. man, and I will need to be out of town for yeah. three days. Unfortunately, I get to watch the Marvels on Tuesday, and his wedding is not interfering with me missing Marvel content. <laughs> that would be a yeah. tough split. Well, we'll we'll How figure it out. That? Yeah. I guess. Let's just speculate for another 30 minutes. (laughs) All right, I've been Jordan, and Marvel has sucked. I have been Cade Weiberg. Get yourself some McDonald's. Get a hot tub. Marvel does not suck. 